Good morning, church. My name is Avery Crowley, and I'm, I'm excited to be here with y'all as we dig into God's Word together this morning. There are two scripture readings this morning. The first one is from Proverbs 8.13, and the second one we will be in Philippians 4. Proverbs 8.13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is um, right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for um, just the chance to come here. I thank you for um, just the space that we are able to worship you and learn more about your word. I pray that you would um, just eliminate this space of distractions and that we would be able to direct our attention towards you as we study your word today. Um, I pray that you would open our hearts to what you have to say um, and that we would be willing listeners um, and just humble ourselves before you this morning. Amen. So I go to Providence Classical School in Spring, Texas, um, and this year as a sophomore, I have the privilege of taking a theology class, um, and currently our unit is on salvation, and so there are basically two sides to the argument of salvation, Cal- Calvinism and Arminianism, um, and particularly, particularly in my grade, um, we have very heated discussions over these topics because we have people from both sides of the spectrum. Um, we have very strong-willed people who um, stick to one side very clearly, and then we have some people who are more in between and don't, um, don't know much on the subject but are willing to learn. And so you can see how this becomes a problem um, because sometimes these heated discussions will carry over outside of class. And um, it's even begun to affect relationships and things, which is not um, good. Um, and what I've started to recognize is that I love to be right more than anything. Um, And yeah, as I said, this is not healthy for relationships because when you put it over um, building good and strong relationships, um, that becomes a problem. You see, as humans, we are designed to love something. Depending on how we were raised and our personality, we will gravitate towards different things, but we will always worship something. And part of the problem in our current society is that we are told to love the wrong things. We are told to love success. We are told to love money. We are told to love ourselves more than anything. We are also told to love things that are not true and good. So if the world is telling us to love the wrong things, how do we know what we are supposed to love? How do we know how to orient our loves in the right way? To do this, there are a few steps that we should follow. Step one, recognize good and evil in this world. 
Our culture makes this step extremely difficult because right and wrong have been blurred and the nature of truth has been distorted. But if you think about it, the nature of truth is pretty simple. In the Bible, God is referred to as the truth. And all truth comes from him. And using what we know about the character of God, that he is a God of order and beauty, we should be able to conclude that truth, something that he has actually referred to as in the Bible, would be this way too. Truth is black and white. Truth is objective and not subjective, meaning that it is not left to the individual person to decide. The truth is set in stone whether we like it or not. And this becomes a major issue, especially now. People leave it to themselves to discern the truth. It has been left to the individual's interpretation. That's right, the truth is now affected by things like feelings and biases and life experiences. But how does this make any sense? We are using things like feelings that are constantly subject to change to determine something that never changes. So what do we use to discern truth? Wisdom is how God reveals his truth to us. Apart from it, we will screw up every time because we are fallen beings. In fact, the entire book of Proverbs is a part of the wisdom literature collection in the Old Testament. All of the lessons contained in Proverbs not only teach wisdom, but require wisdom to practice. So in order, what we, to, in order to know what we ought to love, in order to know what we ought to hate, we have to use wisdom. And by choosing to use it, we are able to discern right from wrong. Now you might be thinking to yourself, hey, that's great and all, but how do I get this wisdom? God gives us wisdom in many ways. We have the Bible available to us 24-7, and it is chock full of wisdom. It shows us the consequences people face when they turn away from the Lord and the blessings they receive when they choose to obey him. We also must ask for it. We see this in verse 6 of the scripture reading from this morning. Um, talking about making our requests known to God with prayer and thanksgiving. Finally, God, as humans, God has imprinted us with his image. Part of the way the image is seen in us is through our minds. Unlike any other beings on this earth, God has given us incredible minds, both capable of discerning truth and twisting the truth. Let's choose to use our minds well. So step one is reject evil and turn from it. Step two is turn, sorry, step one is recognize evil. Step two is reject it and turn from it. Recognizing right from wrong is only one part of the equation. We then have to reject it and not allow this particular evil to take hold of our lives anymore. If we get rid of one of the sins that we love, but replace it with another, we have gotten nowhere. Um, back when I was about 12 and 13 years old, I really struggled with anxiety. Um, and it got to the point where it was affecting my sleep. And at night, my mind was just spinning and I couldn't really get peace. Um, and so we tried going to see counselors and um, listening to sleep podcasts to try to um, focus my mind on things that were good. But I kept worrying about things that were out of my control until finally one day I realized that things were never going to be in my control. Um, and 
that I had to give it to God or I would be doing this my whole life and that's not something that I wanted to be doing. So graciously, God helped me with this problem of worry. Um, But as worry was exiting my life, another thing started to come in and it was anger. And to this day, I really struggle to be slow to speak and slow to become angry. You see, merely removing a particular sin or evil from your life is not enough. You must replace it with something good. Proverbs 8.13 puts it like this. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Is anyone shocked by what it says here? We are told you hate something in the Bible. But this only makes sense. Naturally, if we love something, we will have to hate something else. Think about, it as a, think about it as a sports rivalry. You cannot simultaneously love the Longhorns and the Sooners. It just doesn't work like that. If we love God, we have to hate evil. Once we have recognized what is good from evil, what is true from what is false, we must reject it completely. And a lot of times we know right from wrong, but because it might be easier or more pleasurable, we choose wrong. Now, what I'm about to say is extremely difficult, but as followers of Christ, we must learn to delight in what he delights in. We must learn to orient our loves in a way that mirrors Christ's loves. After all, that is what we are called to do. It is to imitate Christ. Even though it might feel uncomfortable, giving up some of the things that might not be best for us reminds us of who we serve on this earth. The Westminster Shorter Catechism puts it like this. It asks, what is the chief end of man? And the response is, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I really love this word enjoy here. Loving what Jesus loves, though it might be hard at times, it will bring us greater joy than any of these earthly pleasures. We should enjoy him. Also, Paul paints a beautiful picture of delighting in righteousness in one of the verses from our scripture reading. Philippians 4, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This verse is a beautiful reminder of how simple it can be to love the Lord. Choose to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are of this earth. As Paul writes to the church at Philippi here, he is encouraging them to press on and continue down the path that they are on. You see, the Philippians, unlike many other New Testament churches that were receiving letters from Paul, were doing what they were supposed to be doing. So he encourages them and spurs them on to continue in righteousness. Instead of rebuking them for their sin, he urges them to maintain purity. So as we reflect on this, I would like to invite us into what this verse is talking about. Setting our mind on things that are above, not on things that are of this earth. Delighting in what Jesus delights in, truth and righteousness and purity. That is how we honor him. So step one is recognize evil. Step two is turn from it. And step three is to invite others into this as well. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. 
but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Contrary to what my mind tells me, rebuke is not about being right or calling out other people's wrongs. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We see a beautiful example of what rebuke truly looks like in the Old Testament. David, who was king of Israel, and even known as a man after God's own heart, committed adultery and then had an innocent man murdered to cover it up. So along came Nathan. Nathan was one of David's closest friends. They loved each other. And Nathan had so much love for David that he would not let him continue in this downward spiral. Think about this. Nathan was approaching the king of Israel to tell him that what he had done was far from okay. Not only that, but Nathan was risking his entire friendship with David. Putting aside all of this, Nathan went to David with nothing but the truth. David needed to repent. You see, this right here is love. It's not being mean or insensitive. Love presented as tolerance is fake. It is a twisted version of love. Because if you truly love someone, you will not allow them to continue down a sinful path just to spare their feelings. Though they might not like it in the moment, you could be saving them from extreme consequences later on. Um, This year, I've actually had a chance to um, talk with my math teacher about something similar to this. Um, Going back to my worry issue earlier, um, my cousin graduated from my same school, Providence, about seven years ago, um, and he graduated valedictorian. And all throughout my time at Providence since fifth grade, I've felt this need and um, like desire to be valedictorian, to prove myself. And um, as I've begun to have these conversations with my teachers, they've shown me that it's not a good goal because it's centered around me. No one expects this of me but myself. And... Um, when I was having this conversation with my math teacher, she just said, stop. And though I didn't like it, it wasn't comfortable, no one likes being told they're wrong, it was what I needed to hear. Our most consequential problem in this world is the misconception of both truth and love. I invite y'all to use wisdom to recognize evil from falsehood, reject and hate the evil, and rejoice and enjoy the good. And finally, to invite others into this. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for um, this time and this space to study more of your word. I pray that as we leave here, that we would um, do what these verses are talking about. That we would um, recognize what is not you in this world, what you don't love. And that we would turn from it and reject it. Um, I also pray that we would see what is good and that we would rejoice in it and see that all good comes from you. And I pray that we would be able to invite others into this, to share in this worthy life. We pray this in your name. Amen.